Welcome everybody to our new episode of Love, Life, and Legacy, a show all about sex. We're here to help guide you in this turmoil world uh, to provide some, you know, useful and uh, real down-to-earth advice on sex. It's something that's it's so hard to find real practical and realistic uh, guidance on this topic. There's so much really exaggerated out there stuff and or things that will actually help you create a really fulfilling sexual relationship. And I'm here with you with two amazing, amazing individuals, Sunny and Sunmarie Burns. They're one of my favorite couples and just uh, two people I've been so excited to get on the show with you. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good to be here, Sammy. Yes. I feel like right t- today it's uh, in Korea. It's March thirty first, March thirtieth for you guys, two thousand and twenty. And I feel like every conversation anyone has has to start out with a mandatory. How's it going over there with the with the <laughs> virus? Kind of seems to be every conversation. So and and particularly you guys are <laughs> right next to New York City, which is you know the epicenter of a lot of what's going on in America right now. So how is it for you guys? Right. Well, they're definitely uh, tightening up here. Um, it's it's getting more intense day by day. We have all the parks are closed, which our kids are very unhappy about. Um, 8 we have, p.m. curfew. Yeah, curfew every night. And I think just now, now we're being restricted from leaving the state. Mm, I don't know if that's true. Has that not gone into effect yet? There's talk about it. So. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah that'd be a big deal. Yeah, it's getting it's getting interesting. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. Well, I'm glad you guys are safe and your families. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. So far, so good. Let's keep it that way. And okay. So the reason I wanted to have you guys on just a little about uh, the show is about sex, is about marriage, and this is one of the most wonderful couples I personally know. And if there's anyone that has a lot of nuggets of wisdom to share about what it takes to create a really incredible marriage and, by extension, an incredible family, it's these two. And that's what we want to dive in with you, uh, with all of you guys. Um, some some other peripheral facts: they run their own blog and website, Famvester, which is all about family, finance, and freedom. And they have their own podcast as well. Uh, so they just share a lot of amazing insight and really useful information regarding the whole world of um, center on finance, but beyond that, of just what does it take to you know what. Thoughtful topics of raising a good family, living well, uh, living with the, the lifestyle that you want, having freedom in your life. That that that's a fair fair. Yeah, brief no, you did a good yeah, job. Yeah, no, thank you. That was <laughs> so, quite a flattering introduction. <laughs> so I mean, I'm pleased because you guys have so much uh, qualifications in so many areas, and uh, unfortunately, we're not. You know that we won't be talking about that. But just I, I do want to share people a little bit. People kind of your background. So you know, you have multiple rental properties that uh, your, you know, your individual homeowners and I think 11 units total, right? right. You yep. um, have renters and they pay you money every month and you've got an uh, uh, engineering job, job working for the Department of Defense. Suddenly you're taking care of three children now. Your youngest yep. is how many weeks? Nine weeks now. Nine weeks. Nine Nine weeks. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Two boys and a daughter. Yeah. And, uh, and Sungkook is so uh, profoundly proud of his this little fact about himself is he's never paid for a haircut. <laughs> or a cup of coffee. <laughs> or a cup of coffee. Well, because that's because you don't drink coffee. Have you yeah, accepted yeah. coffee for free? Uh, I don't know. I don't really like coffee. So no, probably not. <laughs> Even the coffee candy, I just right. can't stand it. Right. 
Yeah, actually, I don't. I drink coffee, but I don't like that candy or or <laughs> coffee flavored ice cream. Anything that's coffee flavored, flavored, I'm not a fan. But uh, anyway, so there are a lot of things that you have really interesting stuff to share about. So they should, you guys should all check out Fanbester. Thank just you. Yeah. Really interesting. It's one of my favorite podcasts and <laughs> great blog. Uh, but for this episode here, we're going to be talking about marriage and talking about your guys' relationship, talking about sex. And in that area in particular, you also have said a lot of really fantastic things to share. Mm. Another fun been, fact is uh, I've only ever kissed one girl in my life. Ooh. And I'm the ooh. lucky one. <laughs> there you go. Oh, we got to get that video up online. That's adorable. <laughs> All right, so you've been together 10 years, yeah. married, blessed for eight years. Right. All right. Is it coming up on your ninth year or is it, do you just? No, we just hit our just, eighth year right. um, last week. Yep. Yeah, yep. we didn't even mm. remember our own anniversary. <laughs> My mom bakes us a cake and makes this beautiful What's meal. This for? Chicken cordon bleu, and we're like, "Well, this is fancy," and she's like, "It's for your wedding anniversary." And we're like, "Oh, that." <laughs> we seem to definitely like highlight like our first, I don't know, like our first courtship date together. Right. That was like on my birthday. You know, I was twenty years old. You were twenty three, and uh, ten years, you know, almost ten years ago. Now we're coming on ten years. I was twenty two. You were 22. Don't make me old. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we just highlight that moment because that was pretty momentous. Um, you know, we were very serious about entering into a relationship. It was very, um, yeah, it was very intentional. And uh, it was it was one of those nights where we kind of like discussed like, hey, do we want to move forward with this? And we just kind of laid out our entire lives, laid out our core values, whether we're in sync or not, and whether this is something that should be pursued. And I think that just... It was a memorable time, and that's why we celebrate it. Right. That's definitely a day that we we do remember. Plus, it helps that it's on Sonny's birthday, so we would be celebrating anyway. But it's an uh-huh. easier way to remember the day, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you combine holidays there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you get so many dates after you're in a relationship for a while. You know, you get your... In your relationship, and then once you start having kids, there's just right. so many important oh, days to remember. It gets yeah. overwhelming. <laughs> mm. So, wow, many congratulations, first off. Thank and, you. And I guess that just speaks to what a wild ride it's been for you guys. That uh, <laughs> So many exciting things going on that you yeah. can just skip over your entire <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> it happens every year. It does. We're like, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> every day. Every day for you guys is just exciting and it worth is, celebrating, I is. suppose. That's right. And so you've been you've been together a long time, and um, I've I hope that what people get enough is just how remarkable your marriage is. So I guess how I, I've had the the good fortune to be able to stay with you guys and sit on the sofa and and just chit chat together and and w- being with you in person is just really a joy. And um, part of what's I think what makes a relationship so remarkable is just the level of I guess how intertwined your relationship is, and that's particularly an important topic for us at High Noon. Is you know we we're all you know we've talked we did a whole episode about what High Noon means, but this idea of like when the sun is straight up, then there's no shadows, mm. and uh, and relating with people with this level of transparency and honesty, and, and uh, people fully see us, and then we fully see other people. And I was really impressed by how well you um, exemplify that in your relationship. Mm. And 
Uh, I wanted to speak to that. I don't know. Do you feel that that's something that that's made a difference for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's been an important core aspect of our relationship since day one. And um, honestly, I think it's what's made things easier for us as a couple over the years as well. It's just really knowing we can trust one another that we're going to be honest and truthful no matter how hard it is with one another. And so when we say something, we know that it's it's really what we mean. I know that for me, especially in the very beginning when I was first starting to get to know Sungkook, and we we had that first initial conversation on his birthday, he came over and we talked for a long time. And this was the moment where we were trying to decide, is this um, something that could have a future for us, this, this idea of a matching um, and so forth. And what really struck me was his honesty on that mm-hmm. on that day. He kind of laid out before me who he is as a person, his past, his dreams, his you know hopes for the future. But um, most importantly, he shared things that were you know things he wasn't proud of from his past, you know, and was incredibly honest with me. And what struck me was that he was willing to lay this all out before me and say, you know, this is the person I am. These are the things I've done. Some of them I'm proud of. Some of them I'm not. You know, can you accept me for who I am in my entirety? And I realized in that moment, you know, no one's perfect. And it's it's unrealistic to think you're going to find someone who's flawless in every way. However, um, to find someone who is going to be honest to you and truthful with you your whole life through is um, really more than anyone could hope for. And I realized that he was that type of person. And so mm-hmm. I felt very comfortable in in the idea of moving forward in this relationship because I knew he wasn't hiding anything from me. And that was really huge. And I feel like it allowed me to open my heart and mind to the idea that this matching is um, worth pursuing. Yeah, and I think uh, building on that foundation, you know, starting the very foundation of your relationship with honesty is so important because, you know, then you can really be on the same team. You can trust each other and keep building brick by brick, knowing you have a sure foundation where, you know, everything Mm -hmm. is built on the truth and that you guys can build it together. And I feel like that's been, like, key for our, our... entire lives that we've built together and i feel like we've done some really cool stuff we had awesome adventures built some great businesses uh have awesome kids and i think it all stems from building that foundation right right and it's not easy to lay out all your flaws you know to someone you don't really know that well and luckily we did youth ministry together we were friends for you know six months or a year before before this so we kind of had a gauge of who we were um but you know, to admit some of your, you know, your your defeats, your failures. Uh, it's not easy, but I think it's really the best policy. You know, honesty is the best policy, especially when you're starting a relationship. You start out at ground zero and you build from there. You don't want to start building at this half-truth, not being completely um, true to your, your future spouse. And then, you know, a couple of years down the line, something comes up and they find out this truth about you because inevitably mm-hmm. something will come up. Right. And then that everything that you've built to that point is not 
you know, it's not true. You start anymore. to question: Was it right. all real, or was it, it just yeah. a facade? Right. So yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. critical that you start at a foundation of truth. Mm. And you know, I, I always knew that kind of growing up. Um, that that's where I want to start. You know, my parents have an awesome relationship, and it's something I want to kind of model my relationship with. And they're just so in sync. You know, they've been married forty, mm. fifty years. I don't know, a long time, and <laughs> and they're just so in love with each other still to this day. And I knew that's what I wanted with my my spouse. And their communication is so good. And I think it's just because you know they're they're each other's worlds, and they're always communicating. And that's something I definitely want with my spouse. And you know, early. When I was in my teens, I got into pornography, and that was something I was super ashamed ashamed of. But it was an addiction that I just couldn't break. And I, but I knew, you know, I knew at some point, you know, I'm going to meet my future spouse, and I need to build this foundation upon truth. And if I want any chance of having her accept me wholeheartedly, I'm going to need to break free from this addiction and build this track record of. Hey, you know, yeah, I've done this in my life that I'm not proud of. You know, it's something that goes against my values, but I've come clean with it. And I knew the longer track record I could have. You know, I think when we in first that that night that talk, you know, I had a, a year at that point behind me where I hadn't viewed pornography, hadn't masturbated, all that, and. Because of that, I think it made it a lot easier. You know, you knew that I was serious that this wasn't this thing where, mm-hmm. yeah, I quit a week ago and now I'm done. Right. You knew that I was sincere in my attempts and my, um, you know, and I think that allowed. But bringing that up, I think, was so important, right? Bringing that right. up, knowing mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. willing to, you know, show her exactly who I was and start that foundation, right, uh, right is key. The, you mentioned that, that Sungkook had shared you know, the things he was proud of, things he was not proud of. Is that what you were alluding to? Yes, it was. That, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm so more ahead, beat ahead. around the bush. He's always very mm-hmm. direct. But yes, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, uh, I was, I guess, a little bit naive or sheltered at the time where I didn't realize the widespread problem of mm-hmm. uh, pornography in our culture you know, and and how many people are affected by it. So I was kind of caught off guard um, for mm-hmm. sure when I first heard it. And I think that that's more common for women to be caught off guard when they hear that. Um, but I realized, you know, in, in, in having him tell me that, I was a little bit surprised, a little bit concerned. Um, but my main takeaway was almost relief, a feeling of relief, because I knew he wasn't, you know, trying to be some vision of a perfect person. He has his flaws, and he's being upfront about them, and he's being honest about them, and he's explaining to me what he has done to take action to correct things that that uh, he wasn't proud of. You know, I could see that he was a person who who um, reflects on life and actively works on his character and works on the things that he feels need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a huge reassurance. I said, you know what? We all have our skeletons in the closet, our, our things that we're not proud of and ashamed of. And it is so hard to be standing in front of a person that is a prospective spouse, you know, match and... And you're just hoping that they will accept you and and you have this huge hope. That's like the hardest moment to lay your dirty laundry out for everyone mm. to see. 
And so I realized that and I respected that greatly. And, mm. and honestly, that made me respect him more and trust him and feel like, yes, this is definitely a relationship I want to move forward with because he has just done the hardest thing I could imagine anyone to do. You know, um, you know, this person you're hoping will accept you mm-hmm. and be that honest. So it, it was honestly, it was huge. And and to have that acceptance, you know, is is life changing. Yeah, that's what I'd like to hear. That you know, yeah, that's that. What a generous saint like response from Sun Marie, and 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 for, and for you, Songkook, what was what was that like to receive that after sharing such a scary thing? Yeah, like you know, I'm just nervous. I'm shaking. You know, I'm I'm sharing my heart and uh, my truth, and but you know, she she accepted me wholeheartedly. And, and it wasn't easy for her, but she did. And I think, and like I said, it, it was life changing, you know, to be to be fully upfront and to be accepted and to be taken for who you are and loved for who you are. And like I said, because we started that way, I feel like that accounts for the majority of our sex uh, success. We've been in sync. We've been uh, building our team. We've yeah, had great Freudian interview. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, just been able to really grow and build our lives in the way I really feel like we were meant to. I remember mm. you were so nervous and your your voice sounded very strange when you're sharing all these things and I could tell you're really stressed. And then afterwards when you asked me like, all right, so this is who I am can you accept me and do you want to move forward with this? And I said, yes, I, I, I do accept you and we can move forward. And he just like sat down on the lawn and just like took this deep breath of like relief. And I was like, oh, mm. he was really stressed. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it, I think honesty is so important. That's what I tell couple or I tell young people who are looking toward, you know, um, getting into a process with someone, that's probably when the first piece of advice I give is be honest about your past. You know, it's so important, whatever it is, because you don't want to create a vision that maybe you're something else, and then a week later, two weeks later, a month later, then you lay the kaboom on, and and then that person is kind of put in a very uncomfortable situation of being like, well... You know, I, I, that's more than I bargained for. And how do I get out of this now? Right. You know, it's a, a little bit unfair to them. And it's, it just makes it so it much shatters harder. shatters the foundation. Right. Yeah. Another, I know another side is even for yourself, even if this person is really loving towards you, if you, if, if you're holding on to something, you always, you're always wondering, you're left with this question like, okay, they, you know, they say they love me, but they don't know this thing about right. me. Would they still feel that way? Right. And, and you can never really feel yourself and that mm-hmm. this person really loves you. So I'm wondering, um, what, a, what a way, just what a way to start a relationship. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> and, and you guys were both so honest and generous from the beginning and have such a good foundation. And I'm wondering... Uh, over the years, has there been other stuff that it was it was difficult to? You know, of course, you you always had the policy of being honest with one another, but you found it was still difficult to be honest, and um, it was you know it was a hard thing to talk about. But in hindsight, you look back on like that was a really important thing to discuss, and it it brought our relationship to a new level. Any of those kind of experiences? I feel like we do so much together. We sort of move forward together in most things. 
Um, yeah, I know. Initially, when we first kind of uh, began, you know, courting one another, j- dating one another, it was it was a struggle because I wanted to invest a hundred percent into our relationship, and you know, make it as best as possible. And Sunmarie was kind of more like, who is this? Who is this guy? You know, I have my own routines, my own family I hang out with. <laughs> I need some space. I need some space. <laughs> and for that, for for me, it was very hard. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I like I said, I've only ever kissed one girl in my life, so I haven't really been dating or anything like that. So I was more just, you know, there's this 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 person in my and that's going to be my forever. And once that that person enters my life, I want to hundred percent invest into that person, and to be kind of rejected a little bit from uh, you know, do you want to go on a date on uh, Saturday night? And like, oh no, I'm doing something with my family. That kind of hurt me in the beginning, but we learned to kind of communicate better, learned how each other's families and upbringings were, and uh, soon, you know, over time, over a year or two years, our little roller coasters of emotions and ups and downs kind of smoothed out. And uh, when we when we eventually got married, I feel like. Since then, we've been like so solid and so golden. But I think um, we were also very intentional about, you know, before getting married, we were very intentional about, you know, our um, physical relationship and just keeping keeping kind of a lot of the physical relationship to a minimum and really trying to work on ourselves emotionally, our emotional relationship, our just communication and trying to separate that from all the physical um because you know you get butterflies once you, once you start this relationship with someone um, for a marriage, but I feel like it can get confusing when you have that and you both want that so much that physical um, connection, but mm-hmm. when you can isolate away from that and in the very beginning kind of focus more on that emotional intellectual connection, um, mm. it, it will be rocky. But I think that also added to such a strong foundation by right. building that sense of trust, building that, because um, it takes discipline. It takes discipline to have that physical um, restraint. Restraint, And I think that mm. showed Sunri a lot of respect, a lot of um, trust, a lot of... Yeah. I mean, from, from my perspective, too, like, I felt, you know, I I need to make sure I can trust this person before I start considering uh holding their hand or you know investing in them any more than just a friendship you know i need to know that this is really for real and that you know this is forever so it it took me a long time to warm up to the idea and for sungkook he was he was there a lot sooner than i was as he just explained you know this is my forever person i want to make it the best relationship possible and for me i was kind of like you need to earn my trust I need to I need to really know wholeheartedly that you know we're going to make it to our wedding day, you know. Mm. And I'm not going to give you all of my heart until we get to our wedding day. And for me that was really hard cuz I'm all about, you know, being a person of integrity mm-hmm. and I wanted that faith from her that, you know, mm-hmm. I am going to trust that you are who you say you are, and that I don't need a ring to feel that trust in you. Um, so for me, that was really hard. Like, oh, she's not trusting who I am. Especially right. at one point, um, maybe a year into our relationship, um, something happened within my family where 
you know, there was a, a relationship that ended, and that was very hard for Sunray, and she kind of withdrew from me. And we had been holding hands, and then she kind of withdrew physically from me and not allowed that anymore. And for me, I'm a person who loves progress, and I hate stepping backward. Mm. And that was kind of really crushing to me, and that was a really hard time in our relationship when she kind of withdrew uh, from me. Not from any action on my side, but, yeah, from my family. Um mm. And that was definitely a hard up and down uh, time period in our relationship. And you you asked, were there other things that were hard for us to share with one another? And I think those are definitely things that were hard to explain our emotion, you know, to step out of the status quo, like, oh, everything's fine on the surface. Let's Mm -hmm. pretend it's there when, in fact, you know, he has this internal turmoil and I'm, you know, the cause of it. You know, and just having those honest and open conversations. Sometimes it was hard to actually speak them to one another, so we would often write it in a letter. We wouldn't mm. mail it to each other, but we write it in a letter and get together, and then give the letter to the other and sit and let them read it, and then and cry while you're cry reading it, and then talk <laughs> about it. You know, um, we had a lot of those a lot moments. Of, a lot of roller coasters mm. those first couple of it years. It was it was it was rough. Uh, I remember a lot of conversations with a lot of tears on both sides. Just just learning how to trust because you know in this world you see so many examples of. People hurting one another, you know, often unintentionally, but it's just the way things end up. And we become kind of hardened to it and and put up all these walls, which unfortunately in the world today, you, you, need, you need to have some walls. But uh, when, when moving forward in a relationship toward a marriage, it's, you have to kind of deconstruct those walls sometimes to get to a place of true trust and uh, understanding. So wow, we yeah. have to slow. We have to slow down. We have to. You just shared so many amazing nuggets, and I, I just want to like catch all of those. <laughs> there's, there, there's so many things you both shared there. I thought were just amazing. Just first off, uh, I think it was so vital as you both were really clear on the purpose of this relationship, mm. and it was with that end goal of this is forever relationship, mm-hmm. right? Right, and and that I think makes such a huge difference. Mm. And a, a lot of relationships, I think that they're there's not they're either not clear and what the what the direction of that relationship is going, or they have different opinions about what's the purpose of this relationship. Mm. Right, and that's uh, especially young couples today. It's such a a thing where it's like oh, they don't even know what to call it. It's like what what are we? You know, right. they, they don't people don't even want to say we're a couple. Really. Right. And so, but you're we were a couple after that. our yeah. first four hour conversation, and then we we're like. <laughs> This is done. We are <laughs> matched forever. <laughs> oh yeah, that exactly that leads to the next point. So you had this commitment and you were a couple and then uh dealing with different paces of commitment and how you were so just navigated that and Sungkook being so eager and, and ready and then Sun Marie just wanting to take things slower, but also just being you know generous with each other and uh, or understanding with each other that you're different um not levels really, but uh, speeds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and being accepting of that, and then also fluctuating and going backwards some, where that and, the, and the, how frustrating that can be. Mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be difficult for anybody. Yeah. Then, uh, uh, I I love that point about um, being cautious with your intimacy mm. with one another, and 
using that, like that's, that's treating that as sacred and special in your relationship. And especially as a woman, I think I see so often that um, women deal with fears of, you know, the man leaving them or something. And, and mm. so they use intimacy as like a tool or a weapon mm. to, to, to get, to get someone's attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, uh, I guess the self-esteem that you have for yourself to, to honor your own, you know, the intimacy you give that that's really precious mm. and the confidence of, of not, uh, of just giving that when you're ready for mm-hmm. it and not get, you know, just throwing it away mm-hmm. on the, you know, like, a, and then presenting it later. I think that happens a lot. And as a guy, uh, accepting that and being supportive and embrace and embracing, I, so I work with a lot of young couples and it's such a, one of the saddest narratives is when a young man is, is very eager for physical intimacy and the woman is, um, not so comfortable, but you know, oh, but I love him and you know, like he really wants it. And, and so like they, they give in and then it, it causes, it, I've seen so many times it cause it caused problems later on. Mm. Right. So it's just that, you know, and, and the last point that you shared that, uh, I'm so passionate about that this, the idea that a relationship can get better over the years mm-hmm. and which when you, you just mentioned that after you got married, it's been golden. These years have just been really fantastic for you guys. And I hate this narrative of, of, you know, the, the, the honeymoon phase. And then, mm-hmm. you know, these conversations of people in their forties, they calling their wife, their ball and chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I, I never want to ex- feel like that about right. my marriage. And, and what I've seen and experienced is that, a relationship is just like any other part. Of it. It's like your your health. It's like your finances. If you do the right things, then it just gets better. It right. doesn't have to deteriorate. Right. Yeah. Just like your body doesn't. And you guys really exemplify that. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that in particular. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you there too. It really bothers me when I hear those statements too. Because I do feel like if you started out on the right foot, you know, where you don't, jump into the butterflies and the excitement and the emotional, uh, physical, you know, fulfillment, but you really work on the hard stuff in the beginning, which is the communications, the line of communication, open and honest, um, conversations, how to talk about sensitive things kindly to one another, you know, all these, all these, um, tools that help a relationship go more smoothly. If you can, really hone in on that and focus on that in your early years. Um, it, it just makes it so much stronger for your, you know, the rest of your marriage. If you jump mm. too quickly into all of the physical things in a marriage before working on those things, it can distract you. I think it really masks a lot of the underlying issues because you're just kind of in mm. this like happy honeymoon phase. And yeah, it just... You know, these little things that might irk you a little bit, kind of, you can smooth over because there's this nice physical attraction, this physical connection. Right. But if you kind of isolate that, you can work out those little kinks and really firm up that foundation. Right. And then and then down the line, when the butterflies wear off, when the honeymoon phase supposedly is over, where, you know, when you, when you're husband comes home and it's not like all butterflies in your stomach anymore, you know, you're familiar with one another, you still love each other, but on a completely different level, you know, where the, the true love mm-hmm. is there, where you love everything about the person, you know, the character, the 
the relationship you have with them and so forth. And when you have those difficult moments, because you always will throughout your relationship, you'll know how to deal with them. You're not trying to learn how to deal with them two, three years into your marriage. You already worked that out in your first year to, you know, first few years of, of, yeah. of during uh, those first commitment. few years of our relationship, we read so many relationship books. We right. probably read like five, you know, five love languages, um, um. a lot of books, <laughs> yeah, a lot of books. <laughs> all these great books. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we have a stack, but anyway, yeah, we did. We read a lot of books. Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts right. was another one. Um, Questions couples ask is another one. Um, bunch of a bunch of great ma- uh, marriage and relationship books that we were reading. Mm-hmm. We took marriage courses. We took uh, you know um, a bunch of marriage courses actually, yeah. and we even met with a, a counselor a couple of times. So we were very intentional about developing this mm-hmm. relationship, and I think that's why I, I think we can both honestly say every single year our marriage just gets better and better and better. Right. Wouldn't you say so? I do. I would you better say so. Say so. <laughs> <laughs> More in love with you today oh, than wow. I've ever been before, yeah. and that'll only keep going up. Yeah, I really believe that will only keep, our relationship only continues to get better, and that's all I foresee. Right. That is so cool. Wow. <laughs> that. Thank you. This. I. I did want. I want to talk about uh, sex some also because I, I think that you know. And. It's something that we can offer on this podcast that doesn't get talked a lot in other places, mm-hmm. right? And and I know you've got, uh, I imagine just with the intentionality put in all parts of your relationship, this is another area that you've uh, put a lot of thought into. And so I'm curious, like, uh, about your, your perspective of sex in, in particular, because it's such a confusing topic for, you know, there's so many mixed messages about it. And so I'm wondering, you know, for you guys... Uh, sounds like even in your single days, you both grew up very intentional and with mm-hmm. very strong, with uh, very specific values that, that you brought into your marriage. And so, you know, even with that, what kind of um, concepts did you have about sex and what it would be like or what it was supposed to be like? Um, so, I'm eager also to hear from Sunkook how porn influenced your your perspective of what to expect from sex. And and then in, in hindsight, now, um, what's what have you realized? It, that a good sexual relationship is actually like. Mm. Yeah, so a few months into our relationship, you know, we started uh, holding hands. And mm. for me, I remember that first night very vividly where we first <laughs> held hands, and there was just like a fireworks experience because, you know, we had not made a physical connection with anyone else in our entire lives. And that to me was so special. Like, we, I think we like walked around for like five or six hours, just not wanting to leave each other, because that like physical connection was so awesome. <laughs> um, like I still remember vividly, like the holding hands was like so much better than even our first kiss. Right. It was like it was just like yeah, just like this beautiful crazy moment. connection. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, and I think that comes from kind of like you know having some purity and saving yourself for that that future person. And I think there's a lot of power that comes with that. And um, we realized the power of the physical connection in that moment. And it made us very conscientious of the fact that we don't want to move too quickly in this because this is powerful and it's something that has to be handled um, responsibly, I guess you, sh- you mm-hmm. could say. And mm-hmm. so we. We had some discussions early on about, well, when do we want to 
take the next step, you know. Um, obviously not before we were married and blessed. Um, that was that was quite clear to us. But even when we were looking toward the, the our blessing date, um, we didn't feel at that point in our lives was a good time to start um, a sexual relationship because uh, we both felt, you know, you have to be ready for the responsibility that comes comes with that. Right. My dad mm-hmm. had been adopted, um, you know, when he was when he was eight years old. You know, he was he was abandoned by his mom, his family, um, and him and his two siblings were adopted. Um, so, you know, he very much like brought it home to me, you know, you know, having a baby can be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. And it all has to do with timing and if you're prepared. And his, you know, thought was if you're having sex, you better be ready to have a baby. And so that's kind of mm-hmm. where, where I was coming into the, our relationship is, you know, if uh, we're going to enter into our sexual uh, relationship, then we should be at a point where we can willingly and happily en- have a child enter into our family. Right. Because even, even if you're using contraceptive methods, there's no guarantee that they're going to you know work. And so you have to be in a mental space that you can be okay with having a child introduced into your life, you know, that it won't like destroy your marriage or shake something mm-hmm. up so much so that you can't handle the responsibility that comes from, from right. that. So about a year and a half after we got in like uh, got together and I started our relationship, we got we had the blessing ceremony, which is like a religious marriage ceremony in our faith tradition. Um, right. And we we did a, an entire podcast episode on that. So you guys listening can refer to that if you'd like to know more. Yeah, and at that point, you know, our move, our church, our faith tradition kind of says, wait forty days, and then you can kind of start your physical relationship. You can have sex if you want. Um, but we decided, you know, I was still in school. Let's wait till after I graduate, graduate college, right. which you know we got. We kind of started our relationship two thousand ten. I was graduating two thousand thirteen. So another like year later, another year and a half later, and at that point, you know, I'll be I'll be working full time as an engineer, and I and you'll be working full time as a teacher, and our our lives will be a lot more, more stable. stable, and we'll have a legal marriage ceremony at that point. So that's what we did. We got legally married in two thousand thirteen, and we saved our. You know, our first time having sex was our, well, actually, it wasn't our wedding night. It was a few days after our wedding night. We can go into details of why that was. Um, But yeah, so that's what we decided to do. And there were stages, you know, after after we had our, you know, religious blessing marriage ceremony. And we were okay to have our first kiss. And and do a lot more physical things. Um, and I remember one night, you know, this is after we're blessed and had our religious marriage ceremony. Um, we go to a family camp and, uh, we get our own cabin together, just me and me and Sun Marie. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, oh, you know, we're kind of religiously married. We're, we're okay to kind of be more physical. And I asked Sun Marie, I'm like, is it okay to, what is it? Second base? Is it okay to touch you? And, um... And she's like, mm-hmm. And, I'm like, and then I start, you know, fondling her a little bit. And then she she starts, you know, I'm going to go here. She starts crying. And I'm just like, 
why, why are you crying? You know, we waited all this time. I wanted this to be a magical moment. And uh, she starts crying. And I'm just like, not this again with the holding hands and taking it back and just, you know, going, going two steps forward, only go five steps back. And, um, and, and so that was, a, that was a tough moment. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, even if, even if you are, you know, in a place of being married and ready to take that next step, both sides may not be ready for it, you know. And I would say that I was mentally ready, but then when when the moment happened, it just kind of shook me up. Not that I didn't want mm. it, but just like the newness of it and everything. It just right. was nerve wracking. Yeah, a lot of emotional stuff can come up on like subconsciously right. or, or who knows. You know, I, I don't. Right. Yeah. So you don't know what the summary the what that was. It was just this thing that came up for you well I guess just being a very guarded person your whole life and then finally letting someone in is like it's nerve-wracking you know and Mm. and just wrapping your mind around that it it takes time I think and Mm. um you know for me it it was slow going (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think it just speaks so I think it just your guys's experience speaks so well to the importance of both really honoring people's readiness mm. on both sides. Uh, right. That's, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really important. And it's really great to see you guys have done that. I think, I think the important takeaway there is, you know, um, for both sides, men and women, but I'm sure this happens more in the case of men initiating things and then women getting uncomfortable perhaps, uh, is just to, like, not not take it too personally, you know, don't feel like, oh, she's not ready. Maybe, you know, it's something I did or whatever. And just, just take it with grace and be patient and just understand, you know, you know, they're just not there yet. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that they don't love me or they don't like me or whatnot. It's Mm -hmm. just that they need more time. And I think also for the, for the partner who's struggling with, with moving too fast they feel a lot of love and respect and reassurance when the partner is willing to give that grace and space and be like, okay, you know, uh, I'm sorry you're not comfortable with this. We'll take a step back and and I'll just wait until you are, you know. And I think that that's huge, you know, for, for couples to be able to be able to communicate that way and to allow that space and patience for one another to be able to meet at that place if it's not the same timing. Because oftentimes I think... People are ready for different things at different times, and that's okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So I guess uh, entering into our actual legal wedding ceremony, um, leading up to it, you know, we knew that that's when we kind of want to start our uh, sexual relationship. And so we kind of both talked about it and, you know, are you okay with condoms? What do you think of birth control? And we had those discussions kind of leading up to that Mm -hmm. well in advance, you know, at least a year or two, probably even the start of our relationship, we were talking about it. And so just having this open, honest communication on some of these, you know, we tried to make like no topics taboo. We can talk about anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped with with our marriage, you know, just making sure that communication was always present, that we were always talking and always you know, chatting how we felt. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was, I was okay with condoms. I didn't like 
um, like hormonal birth control because I was a very natural person. You know, I'm into like barefoot running and just, you know, I feel like our bodies are equipped to be um, everything we need them to be. Uh, suddenly you can't I'm surprised fix- you're wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Who says I'm wearing pants? <laughs> He's wearing pants. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but he doesn't wear blue jeans. I've never He's worn never blue worn jeans. never worn a pair in his life. Another fun okay. fact for all of you guys. You should read all my fun facts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, back to that Back to that point. Um, I think you, from a more spiritual realm, you didn't want to, or religious, you didn't want to do... Uh, Contraceptives. contraceptives. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the idea of... Um, well, I guess I didn't like the idea of disconnecting um, the responsibility that right. comes with with the action you know i Mm. i felt like sometimes sometimes it's misused where you know people mess around a lot because they can without the responsibility and it kind Mm -hmm. of cheapens the experience um if you learn anything about listening to us we are all about the late gratification you know we are all about kind of (laughs) investing and building for something greater and we are all of, you know, we don't believe that comfort and ease brings happiness. We believe in challenging ourselves, continually growing, mm-hmm. and if that means you know making those harder decisions, we are all about it. The sacrificing mm-hmm. makes the reward all that greater. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. had that attitude, and also I felt like you know it. My I have my own reasons of feeling you know like uh, you know it's it's not fair for the woman to have to take perhaps a potentially toxic substance into her body in order to like you know get rid of the responsibility that comes from when perhaps perhaps when the man wants satisfaction or something I just had an issue with that you know and also I just didn't want to ever jeopardize the possibility of having kids one day should I have a birth control method that may may harm harm that long-lasting effects so Mm. all these fears were there you know and we knew we didn't want to wait too long to have kids. We did want to have um, more time, uh, just enjoying the couple life. Yeah, so we, we were want to trying start making babies right away. We right. did want to really start. So, build so that we relationship were together. trying to search for what was a happy medium between mm-hmm. you know uh, contraceptive methods, and we came upon natural family planning. Yeah, I had heard from my parents, my dad had mentioned like years ago about something called the rhythm method, which is something a lot of Catholic uh, people practice. And it's just like, you know, having sex only certain times of the month and, you know, abstaining certain days. And when I kind of started researching that, I found out that there's a lot newer methods, a lot uh, with better efficacy rates, and there's something called natural family planning. And right. specifically, we found an instructor on the symptothermal method, which has like three checks of fertility and is ha- has the same efficacy rates, which is like 97%, Nine, 99.7, um, as hormonal birth control. And so we took, what was it, six weeks of classes? A six-week course. In yeah. her home, she was an instructor... Um, through the archdiocese of, of our local, yeah. local area. Mm. So it was from did a, you have to pay for these classes? Or? We did. It was like but it was pretty nominal. Two hundred dollars for the six weeks or something. Mm-hmm. But came she, with all the course materials. Right. She didn't make any money. It was mm. just for the course materials. Right. Okay. Um, and so you like for people wanting to find that locally, like what you googled, natural thermal, yeah, natural thermal. 
method. Simple thermal method. Just search natural family planning. planning, And there's instructors all over the place. And I really do recommend taking the class. I felt like it was such an invaluable class for a young couple because it really opened up the whole dialogue of fertility, of sex, of, you know, we just, you know, after these classes, we would just talk about these things because it was opened up, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. We would see diagrams of vaginas and penises (laughs) and it would just, you know, we'd get to talk about these things. And I think that was was powerful. It kind of made these Mm -hmm. taboo subjects less taboo and we were able to communicate Mm -hmm. what we we thought. We could also understand, you know, the, the, um, just the miracle of the human body and how it works. Mm. And, and we could respect one another better in that way too, because we understood, you know, the differences between a man's body and a woman's body and how it works. And, and (laughs) for me, it was fascinating to see Sunri make these realizations about her own body. Like, Oh, that's why that happens. And to learn about it from, from my end. It's such a taboo topic that no one really teaches you about that you don't really learn about, you know? And then Mm -hmm. when the time comes to have a baby, it's just like, okay, Dr. Almighty, whatever you say, you know, and if you really actually learn to understand what's going on in your body and and um, just have that realization, it's so powerful. And and it's a very, like, beautiful thing. It is. Spiritually, too. It just makes you marvel at the wonder mm. that God created in right. in each of mm. us. Yeah, what I love about natural family planning is, you know, I talk about three checks. So basically you're checking your temperature in the morning. The woman is because the man is always fertile. The woman is fertile sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. So checking, you know, your temperature in the morning and you'll see spikes throughout the month and that you gauge, you know, is she fertile, is she not fertile? And you're checking, you know, um, some... some um, sensitivity signs and some fluid signs and those are the three checks but basically mm-hmm. I, I really encourage you to take the class before you start practicing nfp right um, they do there are apps on your phones and so forth to help you chart your um, fertility throughout the month but definitely having a course is yeah. very beneficial because it, it really helps you understand what's going mm-hmm. on and usually your instructor is certified and can Check your charts for you to make sure you're not misreading them. If you're mm-hmm. if you're using it as a form of um, to delay childbirth, or if you're even you can use natural family planning as a way to um, have, have a baby. Have a baby if you're mm-hmm. struggling with fertility issues. You know you can mm-hmm. come to understand your body better and learn about like, yeah. am I am I hormonal hormonally out of balance and perhaps that's why we're struggling you know or what time mm-hmm. of the month mm-hmm. is the best time to try for a child right rather the, than just mm-hmm. blindly going in and hoping for the best you know and the way we were taught i think is really awesome because you know you chart so you have a chart and you write down the temperatures every morning and usually the way they they made it was you know sunray would take her temperature and the husband or the spouse mm-hmm. would uh chart the the whole thing so it, you, it makes it into a very like you're um, on the same page right you know you know the score, you know not to ask uh-huh. on certain days right. depending on mm-hmm. your desired results. And you practice these periods of abstinence which then you can develop, you know, other parts of your relationship during those times. Right. And it sounds mm-hmm. like a struggle, it sounds like a a, a hardship. Like, oh man, but, you got to go 10 days a month without right. coming together. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no actually because it's a beautiful break from the physical relationship in order to work on the emotional then you could just snuggle on the couch and watch a movie and talk mm-hmm. about each other's mm-hmm. day and hold hands and you know mm-hmm. communicate to each other in ways that don't have to always lead to sex right 
Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have that honeymoon phase towards the end of it. And I think it's it just really is a great thing for, for couples. And I really believe mm-hmm. that's why we really promote NFP and we really love it so much. Yeah, we, we did it. So And that is why, as we mentioned earlier, on our wedding day, we did not um, consummate our marriage that night because it wasn't working uh-huh. on our charts. Right. It wasn't uh-huh. the right time. So uh, you you should, you should have planned your wedding better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a good night, though. It was definitely a good night, regardless. Yeah, we had fun, <laughs> but yes. Um, and and then we saved that moment for a, another time like during our honeymoon. Actually, when we went to Hawaii, right? Like a mm. two weeks later. Something a week and a half okay. later, something so like that. Hawaii is where Hawaii is where the magic happened, or the magic <laughs> began. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What are some? Uh, I'm curious. What are some before and after uh, from each of you? You're, uh, I've, you've talked a lot about this. I'm sure you were very well informed going in, but still, did you find you had some concepts about how sex works before and, and the reality afterwards? For, I mean, just myself, it's a fascinating topic because I I, all, I felt very informed about what to expect from sex. I was also many years oh, um, out over a pornog- my own pornography habit and masturbation. So it was, a lot of it was flushed out of my system. Uh, but still, the before and after was so drastic about like, oh, this is like actually how sex works. Even just like practically, it's like you never think about physically, how do you like get the bodies to fit together, right? When it's like, <laughs> like you know, her arm's like really heavy and like, you know, my, my, I'm losing blood circulation in my, my fingers and, you know. <laughs> So for you guys, what are some? Do you have anything like that that you experienced? It was just messy, very messy. Yeah. Like you see, like in movies, people have sex and they just they just roll over and go back to sleep. It's like no, sex is uh-huh. too messy to do, ever do that. <laughs> too many fluids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I think another thing too is just that, it, you know, in Hollywood they make it seem like this, you know amazing moment from the get-go and it's like no especially when you're new to it it's it's not necessarily going to feel that way in the beginning you know it's something like anything you've got to work at over the years to get better at and and Mm -hmm. be patient with it you know like first few times aren't aren't like you know necessarily the most amazing experience of your life but uh for some people some people they are but um, to have that patience with yourself too, that it's like, oh, you know, um, that was okay, but maybe next time it'll be even better, you know? Mm-hmm. And to just know that it's not like that hot moment you see in the movies where they make it out like, you know, it's, it's this m- magical moment from the very beginning. Yeah, in our case, the first couple times were definitely... You know, there was some pain. There was it wasn't the easiest thing. Um, I remember thinking, well, if this is what this is, I don't understand <laughs> why there's so many people in the world. <laughs> Nothing maybe, personal against you. Maybe just, we won't have our four kids. We'll stick to one. <laughs> but we have three kids today, so you can see where that went. So <laughs> yeah. So I, anyway, I I feel like our sex life every year just gets better, just like everything else, right? Wouldn't yeah. you say so? Yes. <laughs> no, for sure. Wow, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's just something well, that we constantly develop. You know, we constantly are getting more familiar. We're constantly getting, you know, I'm starting to know better, you know, what Sunri likes. She knows better what I like. And it's just this thing that you continually develop and you make better and better throughout your marriage. And there's so many aspects of sex that I feel like it's really endless what you can keep doing. And sure, you can keep it boring if you, you know, aren't continuously investing. Uh, you know, you can learn things, you can do different things. But just like anything else, you know, you have to continually invest in the relationship. Samir and I make it a point every single year. It was, the Five Love Languages book was so instrumental to our relationship. We make it a point every October. We reread read the book. It's just a four-hour audio book that we listen to, and we make it a commitment to do that every year because we, you know, I prioritize our relationship, and we've intentionally made it a priority. And we do that by listening to that book. And again, we just continually reinvest into making our relationship the best it can be. Right, and and it's both a physical and a emotional connection. You know that we have to make sure both sides of it are well um, nurtured throughout our our years. You know, to not lose track of the fact that we need to communicate. We need to find out what each other likes, and we need to work on on making sure we have that open line of communication where we can talk about things and be honest with each other and and get to know you know, what makes our spouse happy. Mm. So what are some things you've discovered like, that you see are important for actually making a fulfilling sexual relationship between two people? What are some important elements? Um, I think one for sure is to both agree to want it in the moment that you come together, you know, not for one mm -hmm. to push push another for it. Um, and to mm. respect when a partner is not feeling up for it, um, because I think if 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 it's something where one person wants it and the other isn't in the mood, then resentment can build over time. Misunderstanding can build. So that's always been very important that you check in with each other to make sure it's what you both want. So for us, like we 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 always say, you know, uh, are you tired tonight? Yeah. And yeah, or you've got like code words. <laughs> tired is our code word. Are you tired tonight? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of feeling pretty tired. Or I'm tired, but you know, I'm not really that tired. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the code word for like, I'm up for something, you know. Um, and I think I think that that's a it's a good thing to check in with each other, you know. Um, use the code word so that you're not mm -hmm. like being confrontational. It's just sort of like a gentle mm -hmm. question. It's like, hmm, how are you feeling tonight? Mm -hmm. You know, to check right. in and make sure how's the emotional climate or or even the physical climate. If you're really wiped out, you know, you're not going to be in the mood. And so that's been key. I definitely think that's been important for us mm. to make sure that it's something that's both mutually rewarding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone told me, you know, speed is the enemy of intimacy. So I think really mm. just kind of taking it slow and really, you know, I feel like you have to warm up your wife a little bit because um, she's mm. a lot slower to get there than you are. And, you know, a lot of a lot of times I feel like, I don't know, I don't have experience in this, but I think a lot of women aren't satisfied and, um, you know, they can't get there. You know, they don't achieve a full orgasm and then it's not really exciting for them. So I think one book, uh, you know, I read prior to starting our sexual relationship was She Comes First and it's all about, you know, having your wife have an orgasm first so all the pressure's off mm -hmm. for the man and, you know, he can, you know, if he, you know, 
has an orgasm shortly afterwards or, you know, 30 minutes afterwards, uh, it's all fine at that point because at least both, you know, both partners have had a... Plus experience. A plus experience, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, the pressure's off. And I think that was a great book to read, and that was a great um, philosophy on how to initiate sex. Just Yeah, so just, you know, taking it slow and making sure that, you know, you are able to make your partner feel good, too, and making sure you're taking care of her and just... Um, you know, just not going straight into intercourse, but, you know, warming up with some foreplay first. I'd say that's definitely key. Right. And it it shows it shows your partner that, you know, you want it to be something that's mutually enjoyable. It's not just like fulfilling a personal need, you know, because mm. I mean, I feel like I've heard a lot of unhappy wives make that complaint, you know, uh-huh. like, oh, he's just wants it too much and he's not sensitive to when I'm not in the mood for it and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like it can lead to a lot of discord, which Mm. can, you know, uh, flow into other parts of of the relationship, you know, feeling like you're not understood or you're not heard or respected. I got a question, different, another question for you guys is, um, so how do you guys navigate the, uh, every relationship has a high drive and a low drive, inevitably, whatever the level, one is going to be more interested in sex than the other. So how how do you navigate this this area? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it definitely fluctuates in our relationship like who's the higher drive person. I remember like when I was younger, I definitely thought like, you know, I'm super high drive. I'm going to need sex every day, twice a day. And uh when it came to getting married, it didn't end up being that way, you know, if we had sex two or three times a week, that was fine by me. And um yeah, I don't know. Um we've never really had difficulties there, I feel like. Oh wow! Okay, that's great. Well, any did you ever have any experiences where one of you felt overburdened? Like it was typically, it's like either it's too frequent or it's not frequent enough, you know. And it's like kind of swings from one to the other. And um, as for a low drive person, when you want to be sensitive to your spouse's needs, and so you know, even if you're really not in the mood so much, but wanting to help them, or as a high drive person, being sensitive to your spouse's needs and um, just like waiting, you know, continuing to wait. And how do you, like, you know, to consider the other without feeling like you're just acquiescence, acquiescent, or a little acqui, acquiescing, what's the word? Acqui- <laughs> acquiescing. Acquiescing. You're not continuing acquiescing the other, but you're, you're actually <laughs> feel both satisfied and happy with this by relationship. I mean, I think that with natural family planning, we haven't had so much of that experience because there's a built-in abstinence period. So Mm. it does kind of, you know, give you this break without it being one asking for it or the other asking for it. And after the break, you're both pretty uh, eager, I guess, to get back Mm. to Mm -hmm. connecting to one another. Um, so I feel like that's helped with us if, if it's just every day all the time and there's never really a, like a, a, a break period, an abstinence period, I could see that being an issue of some people getting bored or whatnot and someone else like feeling the need for it more than the other. But I've never felt like we've really had that kind of an experience, yeah. honestly speaking. And the only thing I can, I can point a finger toward what could cause that is this, this built in abstinence period that we have through the, the method that we use. Yeah. But it's really, it's been really amazing to hear from you guys. Um, just especially the whole going through the whole process of 
developing comfort with one another and and from summary by you know little by little but you know it's still a challenge to really let go and to trust you know okay making that conscious decision that i'm going to trust this person right right yeah. and like being vulnerable like right? opening after being guarded for so long really opening yourself up to this person and then uh Sankuk really honoring that and and taking care of you that that's really great to hear and also being supportive of you know retracting a little bit when need be and just being really clear on where you wanted to go in your relationship and steadily moving forward to that towards that mm. and it's brought you here to this place three children yeah. later yeah yeah <laughs> and uh I, I will say this when when we did natural family planning we successfully did it for um little under two years, which was about the time frame we wanted to wait. And then we came to a place of feeling like we were ready to have kids. So then we got more lenient with our um, charting. And Mm -hmm. uh, we, when we were ready to have our first son, that's when we conceived our first son, right when we wanted to, you know, and Mm -hmm. so it definitely worked for us in a lot of ways. You know, some people have doubts about natural family planning methods and definitely the one you follow will determine efficacy rates. And then also, um, if you, if you really are charting very diligently will affect it. But, um, for us, it was a very effective method and it worked exactly as it should have and the way we wanted it to. So for all three of our kids, you know, um, we had the amount of time that we wanted to, to avoid pregnancy in between the amount of times that we wanted to achieve pregnancy. It was um, very scheduled, I guess you could say. Um, so uh, it was a very effective method for us, and it worked in, in um, helping us bring about our children at the time we wanted them. Mm. And it sounds like it's so intertwined with many aspects of your life. I'm, I'm just hearing that it's the secret to your guys's wild and fantastic sex life as well (laughs) and it led to other things too like it led to us kind of discovering natural birthing you know suddenly we had all three of our kids naturally um and yeah just led to a lot of other wholesome lifestyle decisions yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so um what guidance would you have for for people navigating the world of sex for maybe for single people who are you know wanting what you guys have later down the road what they can do to prepare now for for couples in a relationship what you'd like to offer them you know i think it's 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 hard when you're single you know and you're lonely and you are longing so much for that um committed relationship with someone it can be hard and i see a lot of young people kind of testing the waters in certain things. Um, and I guess my, my hope is that, you know, they can really struggle through those challenges and stay true to who they are and what they believe in and really like stay strong to save your heart and your, your, your being for, for your future spouse. Because, you know, the more that you save yourself for them, the more beautiful that experience will be when the time does come. You know, if you've, mm-hmm. if you've um, you know, done certain things before, it's not going to be that magical moment when you do finally meet the, 
the person you're meant to spend your life with. You know, like if I had kissed someone before I kissed Sungkook, that moment wouldn't have been that magical moment. You know, I'm so glad that my first kiss was with my my husband and it was magical and it was a beautiful thing and I had nothing mm-hmm. else to compare it to, which just made it all that more wonderful. You know, I wasn't like comparing it back to a previous memory. And I think that that's really important mm-hmm. across the board when it comes to all sorts of different kinds of physical interactions. Mm. I'm, I'm glad you uh, clarified that because uh, I've been hearing from Sungkook about how proud he is of his first kiss and there's a silence on, on <laughs> I the realized other side. that halfway through the episode. <laughs> I was like, I should have chimed in there and said it was the same for me. People are going to start thinking it wasn't. Well, it was, <laughs> just to set the record straight. <laughs> the, the record is straight. And thank you for that. Just sure. so uh, keep for what you'd like to offer young people is to uh, really keep in mind the long term, what it, what it is that they really want, and then stay true to that. Yeah. Yeah. Try, you know, don't, even, though, even though there'll be challenges throughout, along the way. Exactly. And there definitely will be. And I think the saddest thing is when you give a part of yourself away, um, you know, to to someone that it's not meant to go to, and then the remorse that comes from that, and then that becomes something that when you do meet your forever partner, it's something you got to lay out on the table and be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but this this has happened." You know, and it just becomes another thing that you have to stress about um, discussing and seeing if if mm-hmm. your partner is going to be able to accept you with what you've done in the past. So if you can. Mm-hmm. Try to limit that as much as possible and keep your eye on the goal, which is finding lifelong happiness and love and marriage. Mm. Then you'll be so much happier in the long run. Mm. Thank you. What Sunkook, what would you like to offer? Yeah, I think for me what was key was, you know, finding integrity within myself and, you know, aligning with the person I wanted to be. And I know, you know, I kind of mentioned, you know, I had this run-in with pornography, which I was not in alignment with who I wanted to be at all. And so I really took action towards, you know, trying to break free and trying to become a person that I'd be proud of offering up to my future spouse and saying, hey, this is who I am. And, you know, for me, that involved developing a lot of habits, a lot of personal um, yeah, habits that could transform me into the person I want to become. So I want to be, you know, fit and good looking and us and you were and you are (laughs) (laughs) so i would run at least twice a week and i've been doing that for you know the last what is it like 15 years now um running at least twice a week um listening to audiobooks and podcasts developing my mind developing my smarts developing my intelligence um and just like becoming a person who could willingly you know accept change and um becoming an early riser to get things done and become yeah just just um just working on yourself to become who you want to be and making that a priority and doing it intentionally rather than just coasting through life and getting maybe to marriage someday you know think about what type of person you want to be for your future spouse and start working on it now cuz when you are single it is so much easier to work on yourself than when you have you know, three kids running around who need constant attention. It's so hard to work on yourself at that point. So, you know, the more you can invest now into becoming the person that you want to be, um, I think, you know, the, the better your life will be in the future. So, so take the time now to really invest 
Right. And I, I, to piggyback off of that, I think the better you know who you are and what you want to be, the better you will know who is right for you in a marriage and to build it and make it work. Because if you have clarity and you can tell the other person, this is who I am, this is what I envision my future to look like, then it's easy to figure out whether you can align with someone and you can kind of get on that same railroad car and go in the same direction together rather than, mm. you know, meet someone, like them, think they're cute, be like, oh, let's make this work, and then realize, mm -hmm. shoot, we are going in two right, completely yeah, different like, directions. Yeah. One know? of us wants kids, the other doesn't. And right. That's, that's like a, yep, yep. One of us mm, is mm -hmm. really career-driven and wants to, you know, pursue this or that and doesn't have time for a family life and maybe another does and then it can it can put rifts in a relationship if those aren't things you knew in advance mm. by the way wanted to mention right. i am now 10 years porn free um right. so it's another lifetime ago yeah that's that's so awesome and <laughs> i i am that's another thing that that made such a big difference for your guys' relationship, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I'm eternally grateful that I am not a partner who has to worry about that. Yeah. You guys are like a, a, a snowball couple, just a prime example of the right things done early on, building off each other little by little until you get this gigantic, unstoppable <laughs> force of a life that you guys are building. Avalanche life. <laughs> uh, well, thank you uh, for that. Thank, yeah. Thank you. It's really great to be with you guys. Thank you so much. Hey, thank great you. Great to be here. <laughs>